Welcome to Museums in Strange Places. I'm your host, Hannah Hefman, and this is a podcast about Icelandic museums and museum culture. has to come together it's not not necessary to only to have the objects you know the museum objects Uh, we need to know the stories behind the objects and also the daily life because that's what we're trying to tell guests about and uh, you know hopefully they will feel a little bit of the atmosphere in the house in 1955 iceland won its first and only nobel prize to date When Halder Laxness was awarded the Nobel Prize in Literature for his novel, Independent People, he became a symbol of immense pride for this new nation, which had just celebrated its first decade as an independent republic in 1954. Halder Laxness's remarkable life spanned almost the entire 20th century, from 1902 to 1998. He published his first novel at 17 and would go on to publish more than 60 books in his lifetime, mostly novels, but also volumes of poetry and short stories. In 1945, ten years before winning the prize, Laxness built a home for his family in Mosfetsdalur, which today is just a short drive outside of Reykjavik. This house, Gljuvrastein, soon became an important hub of Icelandic culture, attracting the country's most important writers, artists, musicians, and thinkers. Soon after his death, the home was converted into a museum. I drove out to Gljuvrastein to tour the home and talk to Guðni Dora Gestotir, the museum's director. The area around the Laxness house is still open and largely undeveloped. Coming from Reykjavik, the bright white house and its cluster of trees is visible at the top of a long, sloping hill after you turn off of the main road. To the left of the house is a low valley, and it's backdropped by beautiful mountains. Signage for the museum stops at the parking area near the house, so as you walk up the driveway to the front door, there's nothing to suggest that this is anything other than a typical Icelandic family home. I rang the doorbell and was greeted by Guðni Dora. Once I had slipped on some protective coverings for my shoes, we jumped right into the tour. Welcome to Gljurastet, the Laxness Museum. This is the former home of Halto Laxness the writer, Icelandic writer, and his family. Basically, it is we are preserving the family home as it was when the Laxness family lived here. 
the first that greet us when we come into the house is this uh, uh, lovely old clock that was in Laxness's fa family for a long period, and he was very fond of this particular clock and wrote, uh, for instance, an article in the, one of the newspapers in Iceland uh, when he was uh, a teenager, 14 years old. Uh, he also wrote about this clock in one of his novels, The Fish Can Sing. We say this is the first thing that greets you when you come into the house. Well, the house was built here in 1945. The reason it was built here is because Laxness is brought up on a farm across the road that goes to the National Park. And uh, he wanted to use this particular spot to build up a house. So that's the reason it is here. When it was built, it was considered a very, very modern house and has a swimming pool outside, which uh, wasn't, you know, it wasn't usual. It, it feels very modern, too, still from today. Like, it looks like maybe when you're coming up, you come up the hill and you see it on the horizon, it it might be something that someone built, you know, in in the 90s or early 2000s as a contemporary space. Yes, absolutely. It's uh, Today we find it because everything go, comes into fashion, you know, it goes in circles, if you like. We see the furniture if we go into the living room. This furniture in the in the living room, they are now, I mean, young people, they, they can't get over it because they are all very fashionable. These uh, Danish furniture, the egg by Anne Jakobsen, all these furniture, basically. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of just like, I just want to kind of move in here. Um, so if you don't mind, I'll just stay here and uh, you won't notice me. <laughs> this furniture is so beautiful. It's, it's a lovely house and it's unique in the way uh, because uh, all the family personal belongings uh, are here. The museum consists of furniture, library, artworks, everything basically that uh, is used in a normal home. In the corner there you can see the grand piano and uh, Laxness learned to play instrument when he was a child, uh, both violin and uh, a piano. He played himself and loved to play Bach, one of his favorite, and he once said that if he ever needed to go on a deserted island, he would take one book with him, that is uh, Das Voltempier de Clavier by Bach. It's still there on the piano. Shortly after the Laxness family moved into this house, they hosted concerts here in the living room because the Laxness was a member of the Reykjavik Music Society and also MIR, which stands for the Cultural Society between Iceland and Russia. Lots of artists came from Russia during this period, you know, this 40s, 50s, 60s, and they performed here in this living room. Rostropovich, you know, other other well-known artists. Laxness had, was very interested in music and he talked about that uh, the music uh, that actually was uh, higher rated in his mind rather than the written word or the spoken word. Uh, what we do now still, when after this became a museum, we host concerts here every Sunday during the summer. I want to come back because I'm going to describe, since this is only going to be audio, what it, what it looks like in here. There's wood paneling everywhere and then a full window all the way across. And you just look out on right now, it's fall. So just like golden trees and fields and lava formations and mountains. And I can imagine that it would be just a spectacular place to listen to any music. 
Absolutely, and during the summer, as you can imagine, it's all green and beautiful even more. This is uh, on the way to the national park. It's uh, not in a built-up area, so it's uh, it's quite. Uh, we're next to nature. <laughs> Laxness did his uh, daily walks out here, along the river, always uh, carrying with him a, a notebook and a piece of pencil, just in case he got some ideas on the way, <laughs> which he always did, obviously. Okay. Now we're in the dining room, and uh, you can also see the the paintings here on the walls. These are paintings by uh, Icelandic artists such as Svavar Guðnason, uh, Kjarval and other um, painters, Nina Tryggadóttir. The Those people were uh, new Laxness and were friends of the family. These are beautiful still and uh, unique to have these paintings on the, yeah, just here in the in the dining room. Maybe I should mention that after Laxness got the Nobel Prize in 1955, it was considered necessary to visit the Nobel Prize winner. Uh, for instance, when the Icelandic government had uh, dignitary guests, they stopped here by on their way to the National Park or whatever, and uh, just to meet the man who got the prize. So this was a, li a little bit like a cultural embassy. It was open, open, uh, yes, for everyone. Saying that it was not not only did uh, dignitary guests come, but uh, everyone, people who lived in the valley. And, you know, we got so many stories from people telling us that they stopped by, for instance, students who were doing assignments about Laxness's books and they want to interview him. And obviously, please come. And uh, they had coffee and, uh, and chat. Yes, we try to keep up the atmosphere. Everyone is welcome here. <laughs> I guess it sets up a very good precedent for a house museum. If it was already a space for welcoming and community and discussion, yes. you just have to continue that on. Yes, absolutely. It's That's our ambition to try to keep the atmosphere here. Obviously, it's not exactly the same, but we've interviewed the family and we got you know pretty good ideas about the daily life here. Uh, Laxness uh, is born 1902 and he passed away 1998. So, yes, and the Laxness, Laxness, his wife, she was born 1918 and passed away 2012. And the museum opened 2004, so she was here when all this happened. Yes, Uyder Laxness, she was here with us when we were converting this house into a museum. Uh, she was able to give us information about everything and when guests uh, come here we have an audio guided tour we fortunately i think about it now uh, we managed to record uh, information and interview other laxness uh, before and we have clips in the audio guide very uh, valuable information in fact it's nice for guests also to hear, hear her voice as well as Laxness's voice. So it, it's unique in the way, uh, it, it's not that long ago since people lived in this house. Uh, she moved in out uh, 2002 in the spring and Laxness's daughter, she lives here next door and she pops by usually every day because she is always walking here in the area. So I guess that's a, um, a historic house museum's dream is to have the person that they're discussing help them present the material and for the family to be involved in a positive way. 
Yes. I think that's a, uh, it's a very important, very, very important, in fact, to include the family and uh, have good relationship with the family because uh, we don't have the knowledge, the same knowledge that they have. They actually lived here. There are so many stories that uh, they've told us, uh, many more, hopefully, to come. And also, Laxness's granddaughter, Auður uh, Jónsdóttir, is a known writer in Iceland. And uh, she has written about a little bit about the house and her grandfather. It uh, all has to come together. It's not, not necessary to only to have the objects, you know, the museum ob objects. Uh, we need to know the stories behind the objects and also the daily life, because that's what we are trying to tell guests about. And, uh, you know, hopefully they will feel a little bit of the atmosphere in the house. I think that's my, my intro clip. That's beautiful. <laughs> I think that's something coming from the, the museum field in the U.S. that people are, some people are struggling and challenging themselves to do and, and not enough house museums are doing. They're focusing on just the chairs or the, the whatever. Yeah. And they're not, they're not helping people to feel the stories of, of the, the humans and the, and the families and the lives that were in the space. Yes, that's uh, very important. And uh, uh, one, uh, because uh, when I started working here, I started uh, just before this, well, in, in the beginning of the year 2004. So my first job was to, you know, along with uh, the board, to find out ways, how are we going to convert this family house into an open museum? There were, you know, a lot of ideas discussed, as you can imagine, such as... Uh, Maybe we have a, a guide in every single room. Uh, maybe a, we have a information on a plastic or a paper or something like that. Because the mu museum, well, the house is just uh, small. So we need to find a way that uh, we were able to invite people to come and also to steer the visitors around the house and also make them feel well. So I think the audio-guided uh, method was very good for us, at least, because uh, people got the information in 25 minutes, but we weren't able to tell them everything about Laxness because he was very productive. He lived almost the entire 20th century, so if people wanted more, obviously they would need to read one of his books or get information about him through other medias. Yes, this was the way we decided, just to create atmosphere, and we recorded you know, sounds like when someone is doing the dishes or we hear a little bit of music. So we want to keep the atmosphere. Not also, you know, not closing everything off. As you've seen maybe in uh, museums, you, we have sealed, we have not nothing sealed off, up, but we have closed areas. Well, people got, can still go very near all the museum objects. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like I'm in a in a museum or or even a historic house. Yes, we um, actually know. Yeah. and we use it. <laughs> yeah, there's there's dishes in the in the sink in the kitchen, but it, oh, and the view from here is really lovely. But I just I feel like I'm I'm walking around the house. Maybe I'm in the office or something. And yeah. and this this refrigerator. We're standing in the kitchen. This refrigerator is spectacular. Yes, we still use it. Like a, I mean, the house is a museum, but it's still a working place. So um, yeah, we have to use the kitchen. <laughs> But I think that adds something, even though it's, you know, modern dishes, that it, yes. it's, it's a space that's lived in still almost, in a way. It's, it keeps it warm. 
Yes, it's nice. It's nice to smell the smell of coffee, freshly made coffee. I'm reading um, Under the Glacier right now, and oh. so I will never ever think about being offered coffee in Iceland the same way again. So every time now I'm offered coffee, yeah. I think of uh, the poor M, M, poor MB and, and getting like only coffee and cake and a yes. whole liter and being forced to drink coffee. Yes, coffee, lots of coffee has been drunk here, and we still drink lots of coffee. <laughs> The smell of coffee here is more important than you may think. Icelanders drink coffee frequently throughout the day. There's a huge coffee culture here. And Laxness had this to say about coffee in his novel, Independent People. Presently, the smell of coffee began to fill the room. This was morning's hallowed moment. In such a fragrance, the perversity of the world is forgotten and the soul is inspired with faith in the future. Would you like to come upstairs? Sure, yeah. So they're working upstairs, uh, you know, packing things and organizing, you know, bits and pieces in the storage. So, as you can see, <laughs> we just, uh, she's a, we got a consultant from, um, well, she's a conservationist. Thordís, are you conservative? Conservator. Yes, she teaching us uh, all, the, all the correct methods, how to, you know, pack everything properly and, and labeling it, everything. So now here, well, I'm just going to pull the curtains. This is Laxness's study. This is the heart of the house, if you like. I'm just going to describe it really quickly. There's just shelves all over the wall. So it's a book lover's dream. And what, what spaces on the wall aren't covered by books are covered by beautiful artworks. And again, there's a giant window looking over just the most spectacular landscape. <laughs> yes, it's a beautiful room. I mean, you could just feel uh, how relaxing it is as well. And uh, in the corner there, there is Laxness's uh, desk. He used to stand when he was writing and using this uh, pencil, small piece of pencil, and around his desk... All these photographs are uh, from the people who were dear to him, his family, his parents, his daughters. And this guy here, a big painting portrait by Nina Tryggvadóttir, is of a man called Erlendur. He lived in Reykjavík. He was, there are three portraits in the house of this man by different artists. Uh, he was a good friend of Halter Laxness. And he was a good friend of a uh, lot of Icelandic artists uh, who used to gather in his house and discuss culture, politics, literature, whatever. And he was, uh, yeah, he supported them, encouraged them, helped Laxness a lot in practical matters, for instance. Uh, at the point when uh, Laxness wanted to become well known abroad, his original name is Haldur Guðjónsson. Guðjónsson, as you know, is common in Iceland, but he, he took up a writer's name, which is Laxness, because he's from uh, the farm Laxness, so he uses that. Erlend was the, was the man who helped him sort that out, do the paperwork. <laughs> and uh, there's the typewriter, you know, old-fashioned, uh, no computers in this room. <laughs> <laughs> But Laxness's wife, Öyður, she helped a lot. Well, she worked with him and she typed up his manuscripts in the typewriter now. There is a, the beginning of one of Laxness's novels called uh, Gerpla. 
a new translation in English uh, by Philip Rofton. He calls it uh, Wayward Heroes. But Auður Laxness, he described, she had to type this over and over again, six times in fact. Basically, Laxness was always correcting things, but also the fact this is just a typewriter, no delete button <laughs> or, you know. I love um, on the, the standing desk here, there's there's some writing and a magnifying glass and some spectacles and a little tiny pencil nub as if someone's been writing and writing until the pencil is almost almost done. Yes, this is a, a typical Laxness pencil because he loved using them as tiny as this one. And uh, as I said, uh, he always went on a walk and carrying with him one of those. It's like it's like one yeah. one to two centimeters long. It's so yeah. cute. <laughs> it's tiny, and school children who come here, uh, we show this to them because they are not allowed to use them uh, up like this. <laughs> yes, Larsen's was always making corrections. Uh, not only, well, he was writing down ideas, obviously, but he was also uh, uh, making comments in his own books and other books as well, and newspapers, because uh, he was quite active. Uh, in Icelandic society and wrote articles about various matters on the nature or how people should dress or cut their hair or brush their teeth, Thing, uh, you know, all sorts of things. And that's, uh, well, he also had uh, opinions on politics and things like that. Yeah, that is probably the reason he was, uh, I mean, people had strong opinions about him as a person and also about his work. Oh my goodness, the, the views out of this, out of the bedroom are even more spectacular. Uh, many of the people who are going to be listening to my podcast don't know who Halldor Laxness is. So would you tell me about him and, and why he's important to Iceland? Well, he's a writer, or was a writer. Uh, and he was a very productive writer, wrote big novels, uh, you know, he started writing very, very young. Uh, his first book was published, Children of the Nature, when he was very young. And he's important for uh, Icelanders, you know, partly because they are proud of him for receiving the Nobel Prize, but also for his work. Independent People is uh, one of his novels, very well known. I think everyone read it when it was published in 1934 and the world light... Uh, all his work was uh, uh, discussed and debated. People had opinions. And still today they are read quite a lot. And the National Theatre, for instance, and the Reykjavik City Theatre have, have staged some of his work just only re recently. And uh, I found it quite amusing that uh, when they staged uh, independent people a few years ago, it was revealed who was going to be Bjartur, who was the main character of the book. Immediately, people had opinions. Well, this actor doesn't look like Bjartur, and he is too big or he is too small, he is too thin, uh, everything. So people actually have their own Bjartur in their mind, which is very amusing. We are also looking forward that, to the fact that uh, independent people will be filmed at some point, Baltasar Kormakur, who's uh, the Icelandic, the Icelandic, well, he's uh, made, a name, uh, made a name for himself. He has got the right and he has, uh, he began uh, preparation for uh, everything, a film, 
TV programs or whatever. Well, that's, that's very exciting. His stuff is very good. His new new Netflix show and stuff. Yeah. Yes, on Netflix. And uh, people will have opinion still on who's <laughs> going to be Bjartur. His novels are very important. And also uh, uh, his articles, articles about uh, the life. We have to consider uh, when he was a young man, 17, 19 years old only, uh, and being born. 1902. It wasn't common for Icelanders to go abroad and stay abroad. He he went to Copenhagen in Denmark and stayed there and obviously saw things that we didn't have here. And he got to know people and places and how things are done. And so he had a very strong opinions about how Icelanders should do regarding lots of aspects of life. I think it's, even though Laxness has been debated through the years, uh, we re- regard him quite highly as a, as a writer still. And younger writers' generation who are still alive, they like Laxness or criticize him or whatever, but the, Laxness, they still have his Laxness uh, somewhere in their mind. And uh, today still his uh, works are uh, read in, uh, by young people in school. Uh, we've been booking school groups uh, from the age 16 to 20. They are all reading one of Laxness's books. So yeah, next week uh, there's a group coming that uh, are reading now Salka Valka, who is one of uh, Laxness's first novels. And so we try to, you know, talk about Salka Valka and, uh, and also do the tour of the house. And they still le- read uh, independent people as well. Some Young people today find it uh, very, very hard, but others, uh, they like it when, once they're into the story. Do you get a lot of writers and fans of his books coming from abroad, kind of as a pilgrimage to his house? Yes, we always get people uh, who have uh, read everything or studied everything, writers and, and scholars. That's uh, always uh, very amusing to uh, talk to these people because they know so much. Uh, I mean, we, people have come uh, visiting this museum is the only reason for their travel to Iceland. Oh, that, is, that is amazing. I'm not, I'm not saying that it's thousands of people. <laughs> that there are a uh, few people who have uh, you know, done it all, read it all. There's a one story, maybe uh, two years ago, there was a, there was a psychiatrist who came here to Iceland on a conference a few years ago. And he uh, told us that he had the habit of uh, buying one book by, you know, the writer of these countries. This is a man who's traveling all over the world. And he picked up Laxness and he was uh, got interested in and more and more interested in got all the books uh, translated into English. After that, uh, he decided to do a degree in uh, <laughs> in literature. Uh, he didn't really need it, but uh, he was uh, this was kind of his hobby. And uh, his name is uh, David Baldwin, and he has uh, finished his thesis, and uh, it has been published. And he is now giving talks. And uh, fortunately, we were able to get him to come and give a talk in Iceland last year. That's a that's a beautiful story. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I should maybe pick up that habit of picking up a book wherever I go, translated from the from the language. Who knows where it'll lead? I guess. Yes, and it's also it's a it's a way 
to get to know the the nation, if you like, even though, well, at least you get uh, the feel for the nation about the characters and everything. I was here before I did two for two years my master's here in, in Old Norse literature and I and I said okay I'm gonna read Laxens once I can read it in Icelandic but then I realized that like it's hard for Icelanders so <laughs> probably if I wait till I can read Laxens in Icelandic I will never read it so now so and that's why I'm I'm just started I picked up Under the Glacier first which I know is not as typical as some of the big ones but I looked at all the ones in translation and. I liked the absurdist kind of. I thought that one of all the ones was my my style. So I thought I'd start with something up my alley. (laughs) Yes, since you mentioned Under the Glacier, I mean, Laxness was uh, able to uh, renew his style, if you like, with every book. Uh, Under the Glacier was published in 1968. It was completely different from the others, Independent People, for instance, or world light, yeah, there was some kind of absurdness to it. But this uh, book has been filmed as well by Laxness's daughter, Guðni Haldorsdóttir, who is uh, a film director. It was in, in, in the 80s sometime. Okay, so that's on my to-do list. As soon as I finish the book, I can find the movie. And that one, that one I'll watch in Icelandic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can, uh, Icelandic course, cross course. <laughs> As you may have heard, (laughs) I fell in love with the big, long windows found in every room of Halder Laxness's home. Laxness built his house so that you could look out from almost every window and see nature and mountains and beauty. In fact, capturing the Icelandic landscape in prose is one of the things Laxness is known for. A few years before he built Gljúvastein, he wrote these lines in his novel, World Light. Where glacier meets the sky, the land ceases to be earthly, and the earth becomes one with the heavens. No sorrows live there anymore, and therefore joy is not necessary. Beauty alone reigns there, beyond all demands. And on that note, I will simply say thank you for listening to my Icelandic stories and following along as I get to know Iceland's museums and the amazing people who run them. Music in this episode is by the Icelandic singer Osk and is used with her permission. As always, you can visit my website, hethman.com, that's H-H-E-T-H-M-O-N.com, to find links to her music, photos of the museum, and other behind-the-scenes and further reading goodies. Thinking free.